Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Uprights, the podcast for all things fantasy football. Today, I'll be looking at buy low and sell highs for the second half of the season, defensive waiver wire pickups for week 8, and lastly, the Thursday night game preview. Alright, let's get started. The segment is simple. I'll choose one buy low and sell high for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. So let's get started with the quarterback position. So obviously, many people are in one are in one quarterback league, so oftentimes it just makes sense to stream a quarterback rather than actively try to trade for one. But with that being said, these players can help you get other positional players or can just help fill in a buy spot or be serviceable quarterback for the rest of the season. So the first buy low for me, for quarterbacks, is Jimmy Garoppolo. And the reasons are simple. One, he has the fourth best remaining schedule for quarterbacks. And two, he just got a top 20 wide receiver and Emmanuel Sanders to throw to. And that makes him a very appealing buy low. Now the rain against Washington doused some of the hype around the 49ers, but there's a lot to love about the offense. Sanders immediately becomes the best wide receiver on the team, along with Kittle and Pettis. I like Jimmy Garoppolo to be a top 12 option for the rest of the season. Moving on to the sell high for the quarterback position, the sell high for me is Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers finally showed everyone that he still has what it takes to be a top quarterback. But despite that great showing, this is the perfect time to get a great return for Rodgers. And here's my rationale behind that thinking. One, his value will never be higher than it is now after his fantastic performance last week, and you can get a great return for him. Second, Prior to this week, his rankings were QB 24, 19, 24, 2, 22, and 12. This performance he had last week was so uncharacteristic given his rest of season performances, and he's simply bound to regress. And lastly, he has the 22nd ranked schedule for passing, and that doesn't do him any favors for the rest of the season. So the combination of those three reasons is why he's a huge sell high for me right now. Okay, it's time for the running backs, and we're going to start with the buy low. And the buy low here is Marlon Mack. Now, obviously, Mack struggled to perform last week, but it's important to note that he had 18 carries, and if you actually look at his amount of carries for the whole season, he's averaging just under 20 carries a game, and that amount of volume is great for a running back. Now, what happened last week was defenses were blocking the run game, forcing Brissett to make throws. And he showed that he can carve up offenses through the air. And this is great news for Mac, as will allow the running lanes to open, as they, they'll have to f- choose between committing to him or Brissett. And it's also important to note that Mac has some favorable matchups in the upcoming weeks, playing Miami, the Steelers, and the Jaguars, who are in the bottom 10 in terms of rushing yards allowed. Okay, now we're moving into the sell high for running backs. And this time we actually have two running backs that we want to sell high, which is David Johnson and Chase Edmonds. Now, Edmonds is more of an immediate sell high if you're looking to get some short-term value, as he is the top back right now with David Johnson being injured. But I'm expecting David Johnson to come back from his injury, and David Johnson is a sell high for one or two weeks when he comes back and takes control of the backfield. Now, 
Edmonds dominated the Giants, and it's a strong grip of the backfield right now. But looking closely, we can see that it doesn't look all good for him or David Johnson for the future. For starters, they have the third toughest remaining schedule for running backs, and that's primarily aided by the fact that they play San Francisco twice in the second half of the season. Second, Edmonds and David Johnson are very talented, but with David Johnson ailing, he will play less snaps, and Edmonds will start taking more. But what will happen is that it will slowly morph into a committee, and this backfield will be something to avoid. With a combination of the tough schedule and the fact that each of them will be taking opportunities and potential from one another, I urge you to try to get as much as you can for these players before you're stuck in a tough situation. Okay, now we're moving into the wide receivers. And the buy low for the second half of the season is Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, for many owners, people have a bitter taste in their mouth from week six, but there is still hope for the talented wide receiver. Now, Mason Rudolph isn't Big Ben, but Juju has done significantly better with Rudolph compared to when he doesn't have Rudolph as his quarterback. Juju is averaging 11.7 points a game and half-point PPR compared to 6.5. And the good news is, is that Mason Rudolph is healthy and is expected to play this week. And they have a very favorable matchup against Miami. And looking ahead, past Miami, they have a top 15 schedule remaining for wide receivers. With Rudolph becoming more comfortable with the offense as well, I expect him to use his arm more and more, which will allow the offense to open up, and which will be great for Juju for the second half of the season. Okay, now we're in the sell high for the wide receiver position. And the sell high for me is Stefan Diggs. Now, Diggs has been amazing the past couple of weeks, but unfortunately I'm expecting that to change. And the main reason that is, is two statistics. Number one, Minnesota has the fourth best schedule for running backs. And number two, they have the worst schedule remaining for wide receivers. Now, just looking at those two statistics, we can see that it's more likely than not, in order for the Vikings to win for the second half of the season, they're going to rely more and more on running the ball. And they've been running the ball a lot. But with such a tough schedule, in fact, the toughest schedule for wide receivers, I'm expecting Dalvin Cook to be used heavily, and Diggs, who has been fantastic, is going to regress. And I expect his numbers to be more similar to what they were between the first half of the season from weeks one through three compared to what we're seeing now. And just as a side note, I expect Thielen to be impacted as well, but since he works the more shorter and immediate routes, I'm expecting to be more immune to this compared to Diggs, who's more of a deep threat. Okay, now we're moving into the tight ends. So the tight end that I'm suggesting that people buy low on is TJ Hawkinson. Now, the reason is that Detroit has the sixth best remaining schedule for tight ends, which is great, and Hawkinson is sixth in red zone targets for tight ends. Now, he hasn't had that many touchdowns, but I'm expecting those red zone targets to start translating into touchdowns. And with the combined with that fantastic schedule for tight ends, I'm expecting him to be a solid tight end for the rest of the season. Okay, rounding out this segment, the sell high for the tight ends is Zach Ertz. Now, Zach Ertz 
has been consistent in terms of yardage, but he's failed to actually be a top 10 tight end the majority of the season, which is surprising given the amount of draft capital you would invest in him. Another thing that's concerning is that Philadelphia this year had stated that they want to do more tight ends, two tight end sets. And as we can see recently, Goddard is really becoming a larger part of the offense and is taking work away from Ertz. And you also have to keep in mind that when Deshaun Jackson comes back, even though he's, that will be delayed, that's going to only hurt Ertz, hurt Ertz's output as well. That's a bit of a tongue twister there. And most importantly, Ertz has a bottom five schedule for tight ends for the rest of the year. And I think the combination of competition for targets and this tough schedule makes Ertz a great sell high right now. Waiver wire defenses for week eight. Okay, in this segment, I'm going to give you one defense that is currently ranked outside the top 10 that I'm expecting to have a great week this week, and one defense that's ranked inside the top 10 for this week that will bust. So the defense outside the top 10 that I think is going to have a great performance this week are the Colts. Now, the main reason that is just because they're playing Joe Flacco, and Flacco is a great quarterback for defenses. He's averaging over three sacks. 0.7 interceptions, and one fumble a game. And this is a great recipe for fantasy points, and I expect the Colts' defense to thrive against the Broncos. And another reason I'm a fan of the Colts is that Darius Leonard will be playing, and he's a huge difference for the Colts, and the Colts play much better defensively when he's on the field. And I expect them to wreak havoc on the Broncos, especially considering that they just lost Emmanuel Sanders. Moving on to the defense that I think will bust. For me, that's Tennessee. Now, Tennessee has managed just two sacks and two takeaways total in its past two games. And Winston, despite his flaws, always has a huge potential to go off with Evans and Godwin. And I am feeling that the combination of the low efficiency of the defense and the Bucks' offense will make this defense outside the top 10 this week. It's time for just a little interjection in the podcast. It's a fancy stat that I found. Here it is. DJ Metcalf, despite being top 10 in the league for targets in the red zone, with 10 red zone targets, has caught zero of those red zone targets, which not surprisingly is dead last. Now, I'm not a statistician as I said earlier, but I will imagine that those red zone targets will continue to come and they will start turning into touchdowns. Thursday night football preview. We're at the last segment of the podcast, but the best segment. It's time for a preview of the Thursday night game. Obviously, Thielen is out this week, and I'm expecting Diggs to benefit from that, as he will be the main target on the offense. I'm expecting the Vikings to actually run a lot. And I'm expecting Cooks to be the main fantasy contributor for the Vikings this week. Now, Diggs and Cousins are still startable, but I just don't expect them to be good as people are expecting. Without Thielen as well. And also, just given the fantastic matchup for the Redskins, I'm expecting them to just 
run the ball rather than throw it because they don't really need to throw it against this bad of a run defense. Now, it's important to note that the Redskins appear to have a solid run defense, but you have to keep in mind that they played the Dolphins and then the Niners in a typhoon. So, factoring that out, I'm expecting to be way more run heavy, and I expect Diggs to do well, not as well as he's been doing, but I expect his targets to go down. Cousins will be okay. Once again, he's going to go down from what people are expecting. Um, and I expect Rudolph to benefit and get some more work because without Thielen, he was a much better option. Now, looking on the other side of the ball, the Vikings have been actually a bit soft against the pass lately, and this is great news for McLaurin and Keenum. And I expect... And I feel comfortable starting them if you are you need a QB2. And I feel comfortable starting McLaurin as a flex or wide receiver too. Now looking back to the running back positions, I don't really like Adrian Peterson this week because the, because the Vikings defense is solid. And outside of McLaurin and Keenum, I don't see anyone worth starting on this team. just like that we're at the end of the podcast hope everyone liked it thank you so much if you listened to it if you didn't listen to it that's impossible because why would you be at the end of this podcast if you liked it let me know if you didn't like it let me know as well i'll take any kind of feedback and i hope everyone has a great week eight in fantasy football all right see you guys